This is Rob Scott, and you're listening to Fundamental Shift. Hello, everybody. Today's talk is called Why We Can't Hold On to Stillness. And I've talked a lot in the past about problems and the absence of problems. And sometimes, you know, on this level, our problem is, etc., um, in this talk, I want to talk about what might really be our biggest challenge, and um, it's to find a state of stillness, but to remain productive in the world. There is a lot for us to accomplish and a lot for us to do, but that whole mindset states that there's something wrong, right? And so a state of stillness is a place of presence and appreciation and uh, a noticing of the beauty in the world. And so those two things seem to be in a deep conflict with one another. And I want to talk about that today. I think it's important that we learn to be able to accomplish things while holding on to a state of stillness. And, um, you know, why are most of us unable to hold on to stillness? Many of us can find that state, but why isn't it easier to just stay there? This talk assumes, obviously, that you know what I mean when I say stillness. Uh, Some people call it big mind. Some people call it a state of presence, uh, centeredness, peace. Uh, I did a talk before called Stillness in Motion, and while this talk is definitely similar, it will differ in the level that we're talking about. Stillness in Motion was a talk about the feeling of holding on to stillness while we do things like washing the dishes or beginning to do walking meditation and literally moving out into the world and holding one sort of foot in presence while we accomplish and do things. Uh, This talk is more theoretical about why we are um, stuck with that sort of desire to achieve and to have more and to do more and uh, ultimately how we're going to need to marry uh, both stillness and accomplishment if we're gonna if we're gonna do anything if we're gonna go anywhere so that's what today's talk is about um, thanks so much for listening in and I hope uh, I hope I can get this across pretty well I've heard Ken Wilbur say things in the past like you can't be in a non-dual state and in a state of duality at the same time and I'd be interested to speak with him about that because I have a deep sense of being still or in what might be considered a non-dual state while still seeing and being aware of and able to function in the world full of duality and so i think the next you know sort of evolutionary level is holding on to this state of presence while we do things and while we accomplish stuff so in no way do i want to take anything away from ken wilburn and what he's doing it's fantastic but i found it a little odd that that uh, you know, it was like one state at a time. I think I think there is more of a blending of states of awareness that's available to us, and I think that's an important distinction. This talk today will discuss and point out that we definitely still have a desire to accomplish and to do things. We may drop the attachment to that desire, but we still do discern. At the base of our being is uh, what I call the function of judgment, and this judgment ultimately leads to most of our discomfort. It really does. It puts us on the pre- uh, on the treadmill of time. Judgment says that this situation isn't as I would like it to be, so let's change it. So it leads to a sense of inner becoming. 
right? I judge a situation and I judge it as good or bad. I don't like that. I do like that. And it, it pushes and pulls me around. It leads to this sense of inner becoming. I'm not enough. The situation's not enough. I'm not rich enough, funny enough, happy enough, pretty enough. Many spiritual teachings seem to imply that this is a bad thing, right? That we want to just quiet that, that we don't want to judge anymore at all. But it's important that we don't vilify this idea because we need this function to survive. It's the same impulse that tells us we're in danger. You know, this is a bad situation. I have to get out of here. And we can't just put that aside. It, it's a big part of life and we absolutely need it. So I need to point out that we don't lose the ability to judge when we're in a place of stillness. I usually begin to describe this judgment as discerning. I use that word instead to show the difference. And that's because it isn't a lost, deeply judgmental place where we're throwing bombs of judgment at people and things. Uh, but it's a place where we definitely can tell what our preference would be. We do choose to walk around, we choose to eat at certain times, and we choose to talk. We may test our own discernment or judgment. We may ask ourselves to sit longer in a state of, um, I did another talk about the beauty of an itch, where we might sit and watch an itch where our first sort of judgment would be, that's bad, I want to scratch it. We may hold off and, you know, not scratch it to learn about it, to watch it, all that kind of stuff. But we still have those opinions about the itch, right? That still exists. So many stereotypical representations of meditation end up implying that the meditator is unable to discern when in a deep meditative state, and that's just not accurate. I mentioned before... Um, somebody that I, I call the burning monk, and I think that's probably what he's known as. Uh, it was a guy who had gasoline or some other flammable liquid uh, poured over him and lit, and then there was a picture taken of him not moving and staying in this meditative posture while he was actually on fire, and I've mentioned him before in other talks. And while his experience of, of that might have been uh, a little bit different than yours or mine, he still was aware that he was burning. He wasn't in you know some other place. The amazing thing is not some otherworldly state of mind that he found, but rather his choice to stay, the discipline to stay through that pain and, you know, upset. And I have no idea what happened or how long he sat or whatever, but um, it's that discipline that's, that's uh, important there. So the trick is going to be to learn to remain still while we have this capacity to judge. We need to remain aware while we judge, and we need to learn to watch our judgments. So the subtle distinction is this. You're sitting on a meditation cushion, uh, cushion and you know a frustrated meditator ends up learning about some pleasurable state of stillness, right? They find this, this state where everything's groovy, <laughs> everything's really nice, and then they catch themselves thinking, and they ultimately get really upset that thought exists, or they discredit all the stillness that they achieved. And that's a mind that still doesn't understand really that there is judgment, that that's going to come up. Whereas a centered meditator finds him or herself in a thinking state and just watches it and thereby remains centered, remains still. Even though they're thinking, even though they're judging, they realize, all right, that's what I'm doing now. So in this world, we absolutely have things that we need to accomplish. There is work to be done. In every moment, we look at the world and have opinions about how it could be better, things we need, things we want, things we want to have or do or give, and none of that is wrong. It's really important that we allow for that. There is such a thing as growth. 
There is betterment. So the question is, is stillness in conflict with betterment? You know, doesn't stillness imply that we're done? Doesn't it imply that there's nothing to change, that it's this appreciative state and that we're finished, right? It's the end of the, it's the, end of the battle. And while it is that, <clears throat> meaning it is an appreciative state, we can be aware of movement and the need for change while holding on to stillness. So stillness is a state of an, an awareness, one that is realized and awake to the truth of a situation. If there's betterment to be done, do it, but try to remain aware while you do it. So the name of this talk is Why We Can't Hold On to Stillness. And what I really wanted to accomplish with this was to let people feel okay about their busy minds, right? It's pretty much good enough that you're working on it. It's good enough that you're listening to this talk and that you're trying. You don't need to be perfect. There's no such thing as perfection. Perfection is an idea or perfection is what is, right? Either of those are fine. But that separate far away perfection is sort of an illusionary treadmill. It's an illusionary idea of something that we're striving for. Right? We do want to get better, but we need to appreciate where we are. So our innate ability and need to create and judge is what's impairing our ability to remain still. And that is a wonderful thing. The work that we're here to do is to marry those two ideas. We're here to blend the duality. We can engage in both experiences and do our best to remain aware of where we are and what we're doing. So the last few talks I've given have been quite long. I'm going to wrap it up a little shorter today. I find that uh, when I listen to other podcasts, I have about seven to nine minutes uh, before I'm quite bored. So I want to make sure you guys get to the end, so I'm going to wrap it up there. This is Rob Scott. You've been listening to Fundamental Shift at backtobreath.com. Thank you so much for listening in. Be kind to yourself and everybody else, and have a great day. Bye-bye. 